Match days at Molyneux are always special. Ruben Neves to strike it! Make a real day of it with the new official Wolves Fan Zone. Kick off every home Premier League match with big screen entertainment, games, visits from former players, and even a licensed bar on the Wanderer Car Park. Oh, you the official Wolves Fan Zone, be a part of it. The Old Gold Club. Powered by Blythe Group with Mikey Burrows and Chris Iwalumo. So hello there. Uh, welcome along. I'm Mikey Burrows. Uh, he's Chris Iwalumo. Willie Carr is our guest today. You right, Willie? Yes, thank you. Um, we will get into some stuff with you in just a second. Um, Looms is in quite a feisty mood today. <laughs> It's just the characters. I, I come in, you know, I, I get told to come over here that they're, they're in the room ready. The room's locked. So I'm standing about waiting. All of a sudden, Mikey, who's who's not even listening to me, he's texting now. How ignorant I'm just I'm just texting How another person. That? You know what I mean? He, 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 throws, he throws me the ball and then he just walks away. So what's that about? Uh... Yeah, so what, what is it? What's going on? Talk to me. What's You said to me that you, an hour ago, yeah, I'm at the office now, I just need to get a few things ready. I walk in, the, the lovely receptionist sends me over, door's locked, I'm standing about like a spare part. I was going to get you a coffee mm. and biscuits and get Willie a coffee. A Willie was very appreciative. A call, a little call. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. keep yourself warm, big man. Yeah. You know, um, the, the, the room's locked at the yeah, minute. Freezing, the boys are doing The boys are doing interviews, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no one there, but no. Again, he does it on purpose. I'm surprised he's not came for you, yeah. Willie. He actually said that we, we'll need I'm a little just, red I'm ball just wondering where, the, where the, the heater is. Because I'm freezing. <laughs> I'm stuck in the middle of these two today. <laughs> you're um, no chance of you. No. I mean, Willie, you're very much a relaxed Scotsman, whereas the one on the other side here, he's very feisty. Well, he's not. he doesn't know you, does he, no. to say that? doesn't know you. No. I, I've met you before. You're, you're a very chilled out, man. I know I am, yeah. Many once. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got lots of lovely tributes for you, Willie, which we'll get oh. to in a minute. Um, of course, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, we uh, should just very quickly touch on something that's gone on in a, a previous um, couple of episodes, actually. Um, Chris Owellamo's singing uh, has, has been out there. Well, I need to, I need, right, so the karaoke, I don't mind a little bit of karaoke, you know, there's a few beers, fine, and I even, me and my, my daughters uh, and, and the missus were away uh, in the summer, and my daughter said, because my daughter's a very good singer, uh, Nevaya, and we're in a barn that's absolutely packed, uh, and I says, do you want to sing? Go, go sing. She goes, I'll only sing a few sing. So, I hadn't touched the beer, boom, up, sang the song, and then she goes up and smashes it, so I've done it for the right reason. I've sent you the video. Yeah, and it's and it's now out there. So if you want to go back and listen to the Paul Butler episode, uh, then you can hear Chris Wellamo singing. Have you got any hidden talents, Willie? Uh, when I've had a few, <laughs> I like to sing. But it's been a Scotsman, isn't it, really? So, what do you sing? Oh, the Inverary Inn, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little Scottish song. Go on. From a long time ago. Can oh, I can't do. It. I'm going to have a drink first. <laughs> we'll, we'll try what and get out of it. What about you, Mikey? Ever you ever stepped up? Uh, no, I don't. I did. Um, never I did... stepped up and done a karaoke. Or oh no, I've done karaoke. Sang... I've done karaoke. Well, that's, what, that's what I said. I've done karaoke. Yeah, I've done all sorts. But um, I well, used then, to do. No, the best one I did was um, in a school talent show. Was we did a dance act of uh, five. If you're getting down, do you remember that track? I'm going to tell you something now. This is we. Uh, the boys in the background are just absolutely stunned at this admission. But I was about fourteen, fifteen at the time. And you did what? I did. I was me and three mates were in a school talent show, and we did five. If you're getting down, gives a bit there. <laughs> we didn't sing it. We just did the dance moves. Oh, the dance oh, moves. See, I'm expecting five push-ups. <laughs> Either before or after this, this <laughs> podcast, I, I was in my I was in my play at primary seven, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't even know if we'll even be able to put this out, so you might have to edit this. Uh, I was a tree. 
That don't surprise me. No, talk to me. Uh, they put, I had to hold leaves. Not, I had to, you know what my words were? Shake me, shake me, my apples are ripe. Oh. <laughs> talk to me, what the hell? Shake me, shake me, my apples are ripe. You know? <laughs> we're definitely not editing that bit out. Unbelievable. <laughs> These are the, some of the weirdest uh, beginnings to podcasts that we've we've done, Willie. We've mm. we've kind of gone down that road in our second season now. Um, you obviously came to our live show in the summer. I did, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. very good. Yes, uh, Alex Ray was unbelievable. He was. He was a he, he was just, a top guy. He just guy. took me back to my childhood, sort of thing. You know, just the way he was he was talking and some of the things he was coming out with. <laughs> Just takes me back. Just a lot of swearing. He well, can, and I, yeah, and just the way that he was coming across with some of the some of the words that he was coming out. He, he can hold the room, you know? can't he? Oh, he could do it all on his own, very, couldn't he, Alex? Very, very good. Yeah, he was yeah. very good. Um, you got a great reception actually when we introduced the fact that you were sat in there, and I put out on social media that you were coming on uh, to do the podcast with us, and there were some lovely tributes that came in. Snarling Wolf says, a "Fantastic player, proved beyond any doubt that size doesn't matter in a footballer. It's what you have between your ears that counts." I loved watching him play and admired his deftness of touch, ingenuity, and the intelligence of his footballing brain. The Jao Martino of his day. That was my lad that put that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, see, see, like growing up, did what? Did you have any like, uh, like failures? You know, like little things that that kind of because you have that about you, your character. You know that determination. Yeah, and it's like you only kind of learn something like an adversity, really, don't you? Or 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 not? Well, no, because um, I started playing for the school team when I was about this is in Glasgow when I was about seven, under twelves, and and all that from about the age of eight, I was I always knew. I always knew I was going to be a footballer, you know. And, uh, and then the family moved down to um, down to England, and I had an England schoolboy trial because it doesn't matter which what yeah. nationality, you had, it's which schools you're at and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And I played in one at um, Crystal Palace, I think it was, and it was Pete Shelton, um, Alan Evans, who was yeah. the lad from here, um, big lad named Paul Went, who was all like, but they're all. Six footers, and I was about five feet one and a half. How old were you at this point? I was 15 then. Right, okay. Yeah. So I'd got no chance because it was just all strength, you see. Yeah. So, you know, but, the, but then I, because I lived in Cambridge, my family moved to Cambridge in 1963. Um, all the London clubs were having a look at us and stuff like that as well, you know. And then the only one outside the, outside the London was, um, was Coventry. And then they end up, it was between Coventry and West Ham, who I was going to go to, because West Ham was a lovely club as well, you know. But, but I picked Coventry. Because yep. they were very, very friendly and stuff like that. You know? Did you ever think you wouldn't make it because of the size? Because people be honest, sometimes look not, for players, honest, don't they? I, I don't have any doubts. I didn't, you know. So I always, I always knew that's what I, I aspired to, that I was going to be a footballer. See, that's, that's all I ever wanted to do. And I, got a, I was at school in Cambridge and you had to do an essay about <coughs> what you're going to do when you, when you finish football and just put, I'm going to be a footballer. And I got I got a ball looking after the teacher for being big headed, which I was never at yeah. all. Yeah. But it was just because that's what I wanted to do, so that's what I put down. You know, so um, Andy Smith says the first goal I ever saw scored was by Willie Carr at Molyneux against Norwich in 1979, winning 1-0. Travelling by train from Norwich among Norwich fans and being verbally abused by the same Norwich fans all the way back didn't wipe the smile off this 11-year-old's face. Howling Wolf says probably the ex-Wolves player most like Matinho in style because of his stature, nipping at your feet, tackling and superb set ball delivery. We got him cheap because his knees had gone, but you couldn't tell from his performances. <laughs> I think that's a nice little one. Um, yeah. Andrew Granger says, cultured workhorse who never stopped working with good passing range, never flustered and performed way beyond his stature. Loved him. Um, and then there was a couple of messages from some people that you might know. Right. Uh, this one from Kenny Hibbett, who Where says, Willie is a great friend <laughs> and one of the best guys I've met in football and a great player as well. We had many happy times sharing a room on away matches and tours. Love him and his family. Still great friends after all these years. Give him my best wishes and ask him when he's coming to see us in the Cotswolds. John Richards I says... having a go at me, that is. Yeah. John Richards says, I wish we'd signed him earlier than we did. Our manager, Bill McGarry, tried to sign him two seasons previously. I reckon if we'd bought him then, the midfield team of Hibbert, Bailey and Carr would have been the best in the first division. Mm. Very nice too. Unbelievable. Yeah. What would you say is, as a player, was your was your best strength in your opinion? Passing. 
passing and um, working as well, you know. So and I never, I never, I never sort of like panicked either as well. It's like the, um, like the, you know, the semi-final at, at uh, Sheffield, you know, when Hibby went down, died, yeah. and we got the penalty, and he wouldn't <laughs> take it. So it was left to me to take it. But I was, I was as calm as anything taking it. But the only thing was once I run, run back up. After I scored, I shit myself. I thought, God, what if I would have missed that? But I didn't, I just... And the other thing, I was speaking to the keeper afterwards, their keeper, and they picked half a dozen people in their team who they thought would take the penalty and I wasn't one of them. So he, he didn't, he only got a chance. Because you weren't on pens, yeah, you weren't on pens, were you? Oh, I was, I was if heavy, if heavy missed a couple, I'd, I'd take them then, you know? But then, until I missed it. Because I think that was the only goal you scored that season. Was it? Yeah, the one. when I was doing the... Uh, oh no, no, there was a couple other. So I think it was um, it was one of the most important anyway. Very um, <laughs> well, for a for a midfielder, you chipped <laughs> in though, didn't you? You chipped yeah. in with a couple every yeah. year. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. I think we, the best best season was when we we won the second division, wasn't it? Because myself, Hibby and Stevie Daly scored about twenty or twenty thirty goals, maybe more than that between us. Yeah, you. Well, you. I got about ten or something like that. They got about. They were in double. They were in at eight, and they were in double figures. Because Hubby was on. Hubby always reminded me of um, Frank Lampard. Modern day Frank. Yeah, Lampard, yeah. You know. So you know, when we had him in, he was one of the very early ones that we did, and I remember having the conversation about what he would be worth in the modern day game, and I'm I'm fascinated from lots of people from your era. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think you would have been worth? I've got a clue. Because modern modern prices for a player like yourself who was comfortable on the ball, well, could chip in with goals. When they were going to buy me here, it was going to, I was going to cost about two hundred and fifty grand, which was a lot of money then. And yeah. they end up they got me for eighty because the the move broke down because of my knees and stuff like that, you know. So, <clears> so the two hundred and fifty grand then it is that that was nineteen seventy four, so which was a lot of money. Yeah, you know so. And then times that by four in today's market as well, and yeah, you're looking at yeah, it. Yeah. But you brought goals to it as well. So how did you put a lot of onus on getting goals as well? I know your you, your part of your game was getting the ball and making the team yeah, tick and, yeah, and breaking the play yeah, down. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't something that I used to. It wasn't something that I used to think about all the time. You know, whereas I think somebody like Hibby was always, it was always sort of like trying to score all the time. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, and I say like he, he always remind me of Frank Lampard because he because of the way that he has and, and the amount of goals that he scored yeah. as a midfield player as well you know so but I I was always quite happy if I didn't if I didn't score it didn't bother me you know right so would you see that as a weakness score. then or or not yeah, and you might might been yeah because like if you yeah, went put another yeah. ten goals on yeah yeah very you know true, what I mean because yeah. you've got that you had that about you that you yeah. could have yeah when when I was at Coventry um, no Cantwell um. The manager there, he the one the one season he wanted me to play up front, and I'd never seen myself as a as a as a striker. And then anyway, we played against West Brom at Highfield Road, and I scored a hat trick. Right, should have scored four as well, you know. And then I scored the next game as well at away at Chelsea. And then that was it. Never scored again all season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say we've had lots of lovely messages in about you, and we're going to get into. The ins and outs of your Wolves career very shortly, right after we've heard from our backers this season, who are the Blythe Group. This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Match Day Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk. Blythe Group. Big enough to deliver, small enough to care. Looking for that perfect Wolves Christmas present? We can't guarantee three points, but we can help you deliver some gold and black festive cheer with a My Wolves membership. Oh, oh, oh. 
For just £30, you'll get 100 loyalty points, the chance to earn and spend Wolf's cash and take your place on the season ticket waiting list. We'll even throw in a free gift, including some lucky socks. For more details, head to tickets.wolves.co.uk or visit the ticket office in person to play your part and join the pack. Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, as ever, is Chris Owolomo. This episode, we're joined by a man who made 289 appearances over seven years. He is 37th on the all-time appearance list. Welcome. That was my age. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Old Gold Club, William Willie Carr. Thank you very much. You do have a, a proper middle name, not just obviously Willie, but mm. I am. Um, I, I looked at it and I thought, I'm just going to get that wrong if I try and say it. Makinani. Makinani. Mm-hmm. Where it come from, I do not know. <laughs> Somewhere in Ireland, I think. Because you, um, you kind of are synonymous with uh, a period of Wolves in the late 70s. And we've had guys on the programme already from that period. And they've talked about kind of the the success that was there and then how it kind of tailed off in slightly a strange way because I guess the highlight and the bit that we'll start with because it's the one that I very much view you from is the League Cup win. Mm-hmm. In 1981, yeah. 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 yeah, because that is just... I was trying to explain to Looms beforehand how Forest were European champions on their way to defending the European Cup they were, I think, going for three going League Cups going, in a row. Going for a hat trick, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you beat them. Yeah. yeah. What a day that must have been. Oh no, it was great. And I, but the thing is, with Forest, the Forest team, I, I never thought they did. They got a couple of lads that were really outstanding, but I thought they were just a, a very good team. And as far as sort of ability wise, I always thought that we were as, just as just as good as them, you know. But. Um, Obviously, they had a bit of success and stuff like that. But I think that season that we played, um, I think we could have beat anybody. You know, 1980, 79, 80. So did you feel that then, before that that massive day and that group of players? Because like you say, what Brian Clough had done with a a group of players, there was no world-class players there, but they were all that unity that you had. But like you say, the Wolves, the team that you went there with, the, the leaders that you had there, everyone felt that you could go on and obviously... Get the wind which yeah, did. I, I I didn't feel inferior to them at all, you know, because I, I just I thought we were all, we were as good as them individually, as well. They'd got a couple of lads like like Robo and Trevor Francis and people like that, but we'd got Richie and, and Andy up the front as well, you know, who could score goals and stuff like that. But to, no, I just I just thought that we could we we could have been we could have been a match for them, which we were on the day. What about yourself on that day? Was there any little moments? Like uh, superstitions for yourself that you had to kind of put in place to get the best out yourself because there's some big players, some great players that that freeze in uh, big moments and uh, and that was massive, wasn't it? Well, I'd never I'd never played at Wembley, see, and I was thirty then, so I thought I thought it'd pass me by. So yeah. there was no way I was going to let it pass me by, you know, playing playing on that day. So I was going to make the most of it. So you know, uh, I wasn't going to freeze or anything like that at all. So. You know, but I say um, on the day we, we, I thought we, we, we deserved it in the end up. Because there's a couple of guys in that team, wasn't there, that had, had kind of been there before, and obviously you had Emily Hughes mm. as well, who had amazing amount of experience. How important was he on? That oh, he day? was he was great. Emily was great. Emily had won everything. I think the only thing that he hadn't won was the League Cup, and and he actually won it in his first. First season here, you know, jammy gets. <laughs> but uh, but no, he was he was great. He was a bit of class. He was sort of like he was slowing down and stuff like that. But up here, he wasn't, you know. And he was very very calm. Um, really, I thought he was class as well. You know, great buy by Barney to to bring him in. Because we did a thing uh, on an episode a couple of weeks back on um, the best captains mm. that have been in Wolves history. And I know he wasn't kind of here for that long, but people do rate. Fans do rate Emily. Right yeah, yeah, there. yeah. No, no. I thought I thought he was. I thought he was great. And uh, like I played with Mick Bailey as well. Mick was the was the ultimate skipper. Mick was, you know, because you, you had to. You looked up to Mick, you know. <coughs> and because uh, I remember meeting him a few years later after uh, after he'd, he'd finished and stuff like that, and we were at some do, and um, I asked him if he wanted a drink. So I got my drink, but I got my wrong drink, 
and he gave me a right bollocking. I'd met him for about 12 years, you know, I said the first thing, give me a bollocking for getting the wrong drink. Sort of <laughs> what about the, obviously the, the night before the final, the manager uh, allowed the, the group of players to kind of have a, a couple of beers, truth in that? Yes, I, well, me and Hibby done that anyway, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we always used to take a couple of cans away with us anyway, away games and stuff like that, and Jeff Palmer, I think, would say, if you went past our room, all you'd hear was, you know, so but we only had a couple. It was nothing. Just to helped you go. To but this is this is fascinating like to me though, because yeah. like in modern football, you never get well, that. Well, not nowadays. You went because they're the foreigners and stuff like that. Because they don't they don't drink and stuff like that. Do they? You know. But uh, I think in, in our days and stuff like that, it was there was a drinking culture and stuff like that. But but not before the game and stuff like that. You know. <coughs> but uh, but like a couple of couple of cans of beer doesn't doesn't make any difference. Did you ever play without having had the couple of cans? Oh, why yes. In training, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did you ever think? No, it was it was only, it was only like away games. That was it. Never used to do it at home and then like that. Because you, know, yeah. you went home anyway, so you know. As it's as a as a culture, isn't it? It's one of those things like sports science. The game has changed oh, a lot. A lot, lot of these yeah. young players are coming through T Total, and I've I've told Mikey before. I remember when we used to finish our pre season, we used to have an all day session yeah. to go and celebrate the fact. But with sports science, it actually puts you back three weeks. Yeah, fitness wise, oh, we're going oh. out and doing that to the body, doesn't it? So as it's it's, it's what it did is to a group of players, it brings them closer together, unity, having a couple of beers, which, but it also, like you said, it relaxes the group as yeah. well before a massive occasion, and that's that's the, obviously it, it definitely worked, didn't it? Oh god, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. It was always um, it was always a great camaraderie and stuff like yeah. that with other lads as well, you know. So that was the same like I was at Coventry as well. It was. Just, there was some good drinkers there as well, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there seems to be a, a pattern here, Willie, and that you're good, involved. And some good singers as well. Because <laughs> do you feel, what do you remember of that game, of that 90 minutes against Forrest? Forrest, uh, I remember I thought I'd scored, but the referee uh, disallowed it for a, a foul on the keeper by John Richards. Because it was, it, the ball just dropped him on the, on, on the goal line, I just sort of chested it over, and I thought I'd scored before, and then he, he said it's you give a foul. Because isn't that about a minute or so? It's not long. It wasn't long before Andy Gray scored. Was no, it? no, no. And then, like with Andy, the, the, you could actually see what was happening as well. You know, because Peter had that. Peter, Dan, I think it was Peter Daniel had this ball over, and you could just see Shelton and Needham. They were going to run at each other because they were both, both watching the ball. And Andy could see what was happening as well. And Andy just stood aside and let them <laughs> run into each other. You know. And then the the ball just rolled on. And then Andy, just I think sort of. To, uh, making sure that he'd done it, he used his left foot instead of his right foot because it should have been put on his right foot. But he'd run round the ball and and put it on his left, you know. And then he run behind the goal to the crowd and all that. And I thought, oh god, I'm not running over there. I'll, <laughs> I'll wait till he comes back again because sometimes you're doing it, you're knackered when you come back, you know. Because so, that was a great day. Um, you had a couple, as we say, you had a couple of beers beforehand. You also celebrated quite strongly afterwards. Oh, we did. Um, Jeff Palmer told me to ask you. Who were the last two players to go to bed after the win at the Mount Hotel? Me and Jeff. We shut the bar. <laughs> well, my missus was seven months pregnant, so she went to bed early, so I had to stay up and keep Jeff company. That was <laughs> Jeff's fault. Yeah, I, was, I was only being nice to Jeff. Because this, this is the thing, that like you won the cup and you just came home straight away. Well, and why, which, are, which is a load of crap, really. Because I think in 74... They, they actually stayed over in London, which I, th I think we should have done as well because it takes the atmosphere away, doesn't it? You know, we we come back up in the in the coach and the, and the, the wives were in a separate coach and and the the heater yeah. and their coach broke down, so they got all champagne and all, but they were <laughs> so they never drunk it, you know. They should have put it on theirs. Because was it the club put on the night at the Mount? Or was it something that the players had organised? I don't know whether Barney had done a deal with them at the Mount or something like that, you know. But uh, but we got back, when we got back, we went to our rooms, come back down, and then there wasn't any places for us to sit down because there was too many people there, you know. So we had to sort of, like, wait a bit before we could actually sit down for dinner, you know. So And then they put a three-piece band on, which was magic. You know, I, think. <laughs> so, it, I was probably went in bed early. So, it's for me and Jeff. Because it's crazy to think that that's the last time the club had that kind of moment. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to quite a few well, semi-finals we as well, we didn't yeah. FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. And yeah. Most disappointing one was Tottenham, really, when we um, when we equalised 
right at the end of the game, and I thought we should have went after him an extra time, but but we didn't because they they'd gone as well, you know. So a, a big, if it was a, if I'd say a bit, one of the biggest disappointments it was that we should have really went after him, you know, because they like, they annihilated in the in the replay. You yeah. said you said uh, that you thought the the chance of playing at Wembley had passed you. Mm-hmm. Is that something that when you when when obviously the first interest that Wolves came in for you, I know like the the medical you failed the medical a couple of years before, but did was that a, did you look at Wolves thinking that is my chance to go and achieve something like that, or was that completely out no, of your... just something that came out of, out of the blue sort of thing? You know that uh, you know I think at that time every, if you'd have asked every footballer in England. Where would you like? Was it what, what's the, the best um, ground you'd, you'd ever want to play at? And I think at Wembley. Everybody wanted yeah. to play at Wembley, you know, because it was a, it was a great stadium, great atmosphere as well. You know, pitch was magic. Yeah. You know, so um, no, I think if you would have asked anybody, they would have said they would have said Wembley. You know, take us through that then. But Peter, you know, when you came to to Wolves, you'd done your medical and you failed it. Then how was that? What what was going through your well, mind I, then? Well, that was um, in nineteen in seventy three. I'd um, two cartilages out. Yeah. Well, I had one out, and then it, it didn't feel right, so they took, and it was both in the same knee, and um, and I was out for about I think for about four or five months or something like that. But I got back playing and all that, and then um, then Wolves come in for me. Uh, Seventy, I think that was seventy four. And I come over here and uh, had my medical and all that at, uh, at New Cross. Come back to the ground, sat with other reporters, just come back about, I think it was about three o'clock or something like that. And uh, Gary was in the in the office with John John Island. And five o'clock and they were still sitting in there, so I'd got an idea that something was mm. something was wrong anyway. So Gary came out and says, well, he says, we can have a word with you. So he come out and went in the office and he says, um, he says, I'm sorry, we can't we can't sign you because he says it shows on your X-rays that you've got arthritis in your in your knees, you know. And I, but I, I knew myself, my, my knees were alright anyway. But obviously, if they're paying a lot of money, they could take, couldn't take a chance. You see, so, yeah. so that was fair enough. I, I didn't uh, didn't bother me, you know. So I went to Coventry and started playing at Coventry again. And how was that though for you, like, like mentally as well? Because that's a chance to. To obviously come to the likes of a club like, like Wolves. Yeah, yeah, but 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 you couldn't do anything about it, Chris. You know, if they yeah. weren't gonna, if they weren't going to sort of like take a chance, you just had to go back and start again. again you know, and, and it didn't phase me at all. You know, I just went back and started playing at Coventry, and you know, and that was it. And then then the, the year year later, a few months, it must have been a few months later, it was um, they come in for me again, and um, I obviously there was no there was no. Thing me on the price or anything like that at all, you know, because they go up for about eighty grand, so I didn't have to have a medical and uh, signed on transfer deadline day, um, March seventy, March seventy five. Because that's what fascinates me that like you, you would have cost around about two hundred forty, two hundred fifty thousand, yeah. and then what, like less than a year later, it was eighty thousand, yeah. and they yeah. just didn't bother with yeah. a medical no, for eighty thousand. No, 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 well, I wouldn't have passed one, would I? Anyway, so. <laughs> You know, but I had I had no qualms. My money money's felt alright to me anyway, so I'd, I wasn't worried about it. And you played for like a oh, seven yeah. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only I only left here because the, the Wolves were in the hands of receivers at the time, and I'd got um, I got a year left on my contract, and uh, didn't know what was going to happen. And then Millwall came in, and I'd um, I'd made I'd, earlier on in my career. I could have went to QPR. But I just didn't fancy London, and that was in QPR. I'd got Stan Bulls and yeah. Jerry Francis and people like that, you know. But I just didn't fancy London, um, so I, I always sort of said after that that um, whoever came in, I'd go and speak to them anyway. So I'd say Mill will come in, went down to to see them and all that, and they would offer me more or less the same money as what I was on here plus an extra year, you know. So it seemed a good move at the time. At the time. Yeah, <laughs> what? How much? How much did a part of Bill McGarry play in in the move? Bill Bill, Bill signed me here, yeah. right? But and uh, God, my my debut against Chelsea, we won seven one, right? And he gave us a bollocking afterwards, you know. <laughs> you scored in that game as well. I, didn't I did. You? I scored. I think I scored the third one. We were three one up at half time, so we scored four in the second half, and he still he still moaned, you know. So about about he was, what? It was a hard man to play because we let them try and it says we, we, we sort of let them try and take over from us sort of thing, you know. 
but but we ended up scoring four goals the second half, so I don't know. Do you put that down to Matt, like his management? Are you coming in then as well, just to try and say this is what I'm about? Well, even after I, a seven-one yeah, win, yeah, you yeah, know what, you're not yeah, going to have it all yeah, your own way. Yeah, yeah because he was he was that type of person anyway. Yeah. Billy was always a bit sort of like dour and stuff like that, you know. But uh, you know, but he was. But he was, if you do, if you done all right, he was he was okay. I tell you, because it's a, it's interesting that the amount of players from your era, Willie, that have come in and have said that they didn't really get on with Bill McGarry. The, obviously, Sammy Chung, who was his assistant, Sammy was let, Sammy was let the go between. He was, you know, because Sammy was a nice fella. He was, you know, but Bill was Bill was he was a, a an old time manager, I suppose. You know, he was very strict and stuff like that. You know, so but if you done what he said and and you done all right, he was okay. You know, it was just when he he left me out the once, um, uh, and uh, and it. The t- team was struggling and stuff like that, so he had me in the office and he wanted me to, to play. He says, oh, he says, he says, little man, he says, he says, I want you to play for me. I says, Mel, I says, I won't play for you. I says, I'll play for me. I says, that's how I get out of the team in the first place, trying to play, play for you sort of thing. So, yeah. and then I, then I come back in and play to the end of the season and it was all right. You know, may at the end of the season we get relegated. So, you know, I was going to say it was, it was tumultuous. At times, wasn't it? Oh, he was, he, 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 Bill was. I say, if you'd done all right for him, he was, he was okay. But because uh, the thing that if I fell out with him, I didn't agree with what he said. You see, so there was a bit of a clash there. Because you had the the relegation, as you say, which was kind of um, in your first full season at the mm. club, and it became kind of a period of change that led to. A remarkable few years, really, where we mentioned you got to two FA Cup semi-finals. Yeah, well, you we won the League Cup, yeah. you played in Europe. And we come straight back up as well, you know. That was the other thing, after we got relegated. And, uh, you know, and then we, then we then with a couple of semi-finals. We played in Europe as well at uh, PSV Eindhoven, you know. Whereas, um, like, we were there and they took us round the factory because it was owned by Phillips, you know. <laughs> and they ended up giving us all a, a razor, you know. That was the most we got out that tie, I think, because you know? <laughs> I think they beat us. They beat us over there, and then I think we beat them two one here. But only Agri they beat us. And then I think the floodlights conked out as well yeah. here. You know, so. well, at least you got a free shaver out. <laughs> Still using it. Because <laughs> <laughs> say that was. A, do you feel as if it needed that reset, the relegation to the second division? Well, I I always thought that we didn't um, buy enough class. You know, like I, I always thought that you should try and try and better the team that you've that you've got, and, and I thought sometimes we we bought the same type of we weren't any better than what we'd what we'd got, you know. And I thought that was always a big failing of us, you know. But may, that might have been something to do with money as well. Because the components, there were components there. I mean, well, you, well, you got you got the crowd and everything. Your crowd are unbelievable, you know. And that was the biggest thing that I found between Coventry and. And Wolves, like Coventry, had always got about twelve, maybe fifteen thousand diehards and stuff like that. But here it was like thirty, thirty thousand stuff like that, you know. But Coventry, but Coventry were sort of, I suppose it was a smaller, smaller club really, you know. But but Jimmy held, he unbelievably, he just transformed the club. He did. We were getting like, and the, the youth team at Coventry, we were getting about nine thousand. Yeah. And the youth team, you know. So what? What, what what would you put it down to then that bouncing straight back getting promotion and then the success that what would you put it down to well then? because because the, the the players that we had but we probably like you always say that you're too good to go down you know we but we'd got we got good enough players to, to to have stayed up we should have done and uh, and then bar the, the other turning point I think was when Barney came in with, with Richie Barker John Barnwell yeah yeah and uh, they 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 played to a system that I think really suited us you know. And what was uh, it about it then? Well, it, it was just everybody. All they wanted you to do was um, just close people down all the time. You know, like Man City do now. It's just the high press, yeah. Just, just pressing that, which lo- I loved it because I like to do that anyway. You know, so and it just suited us for for a couple of seasons. So were you ahead of your time then? Eh? Were you well, ahead Barney of your time? was. <laughs> but no, that's that's what you come in. And Richie, Richie Barker done all the training as well. You know, but th- that was all we done. It was just. Uh, nearest man closed down, and everybody had to come in behind everybody else. You know, 
And that's Which exactly what it is because yeah. there's, there's yeah. so much work that has to yeah. it has to be yeah. done right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? If one's only going and it's one and two only going, yeah, that's right. Y'all yeah. have to go yeah. together, yeah. don't you? So yeah. something is yeah. that something that yeah. that you said that's the way that you wanted to play yeah. anyway. Yeah. So when and did he put a lot of focus on that in training yeah. to make sure that everyone was switched on and doing everything it? that we done in training was to do with the match day. It was you know that was all we done. We done a little. We done a warm up, right? And then we then we'd play match match football all the time, you know. So it was all just closing people down and stuff like that. And then once you get the ball, you use your own your own ability and stuff like yeah. that, you know. So. so why did it turn then, Willie? Because you you got into Europe, you'd won the league mm. cup, you finished sixth, and then and then 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 we, then we we get then we get relegated again, didn't we? Yeah, because we didn't start the season very very well. But I think it probably because we they just didn't spend enough money to to better the team. You know, that's what I always think. I always think that's that was one of the biggest things I always felt about here was that we never bought better than what we'd got. You know, I find it amazing that yeah, like even because you can you could say that about teams now. It's like it's the same in the seventies, same in the eighties, same in the nineties, same now. Yeah, I think I think recruitment is massive, isn't it, to bring yeah. players in? But that yeah. that squad was was definitely way too good to be relegated again after after success. <coughs> So there's got to be something other, surely, than than just bringing players in because it shouldn't have been down there anyway. Yeah. If anything, just competing, being competitive, isn't it? But they, but, but, it, but it wasn't the same. Play, the players were changing as well, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, you know, and uh, probably probably weren't as weren't as um, I shouldn't say not as good, but uh, probably not the same sort of caliber. Yeah. as what we had before, sort of thing, you know. So. Because I'm always fascinated by what you guys, who were part of it, and especially part of a good period as well, then felt when you saw just how low the club got after mm. you left. Mm. Yeah. But but see, I went to I, I went to Millwall. But I, I see, I only stayed there for about seven months. But I, I come back up here, and I come up back up, and I, I started training here only for for so long. Um, but no, it was, it was sad to see as well, and they went down, but then they come back up again, didn't they? And then it just went on and on then, didn't it? Yeah. Oh no, they, they come back up, and then went back down again, didn't they? And, and then, then went, down, and then down, and down. And then that was, that was very sad to see, that was, you know, so. Because uh, do you feel like now that the club is only just really kind of getting back to the days that you had, that seeing them in Europe again? Do you know what I think now? I think now that if, if they need to, if they need to spend money, they'll spend money. Whereas I think before, maybe they didn't have the money to spend, you know? And I think that's a big difference. Just with, punching above with, their weight. With these people here, yep. you know? That's, that I think if, if if they need to buy, they'll buy. Because why, why do you think they didn't have the money in those times? Because I guess they sold Steve Daly for a lot of money, and I know yeah, but pretty much all of it went on Andy Gray, yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. So. But, like, I, I can't imagine... Were you all on big wages at the time for the for the? You asking me that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. The, the most I ever earned was twenty grand a year. That was, you know, which was all right. Yeah. There was nothing. No, no comparison to what they, what they got, what they get nowadays and stuff like that. You know. But what was the what was the equivalent? What were people generally on? Don't know. Maybe five, six, seven grand. Maybe ten grand a year. Don't know. See, it seems you. seems a crazy, crazy low amount for for what you were doing. Mm, yeah, yeah. But 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 as I say, it was a decent, it was a decent way. We lived off it anyway, so yeah. you know, and house prices weren't the same. You know, <clears throat> they're a bit different. Everything was better in the seventies. Well, cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was it hard? Was it hard to leave when um, that time came? I just felt the time was probably right for me. You know. Um, because um, I was in and out the season. The season we went down. I was in and out all the time, and uh, I just thought probably the time was right that, that I should that I should do. Um, and uh, just because of the the, the thing with the, the QPR thing and Millwall coming, I thought it was London again. I thought, oh well, I'll go and speak to them anyway. You know, yeah. and what they offered me was better than what I was uh, that was going to get here. Yeah, you know, so that was why I moved. Because this this area. Is is your home? You came back. Oh, here. yes, yes, yes. Well, I've been here since nineteen seventy-five, apart from seven months. You know, so lovely area. Yeah, they're great. The kids, kids of all. What? Uh, 
three, my three boys uh, were born in Leamington, um, but my daughter's from Wolverhampton. She's she's born in Wolverhampton, New Cross. So, uh, but the kids all went to school here and stuff like that as well. So, because what is it about that affinity? Because you're not the only one. There's lots of players, no, there's right? a lot of the lads, a lot of the lads. Well, it's like you get Stevie Daly from ba- from Barnsley and in, and Scouse is obviously the Scouse. Richie's from Warrington. Hubby's from Bradford. So, you know, but they've all ended up staying round about here. You know, so it's obviously a nice place to live. People are great as well. Very friendly. Yeah. You can understand them sometimes. <laughs> Says you two Scottish. I know why. Because you've lived you've lived in Wolverhampton since 1975, but you've yeah. never picked up the accent. No. Well, I do sometimes say ah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So. That's your one bit. That's of, my one bit. That's yeah. your one bit yeah. of black country. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yo, <laughs> um, Very quickly, it's not strictly wolves, but it is something that I wanted to ask you about on the show because. You became synonymous for it. It was the donkey kit, mm-hmm. the donkey free kit. Yeah, um, in your time at Coventry, and because uh, was there only there was only like one game, main game shown on Match of the Day at the time. That was, it I happened think, to be that actually. That I think it was it was the first time that Match of the Day was shown in colour as well, and it was nineteen seventy. It was, you know, and uh, we tried it. We tried it loads and loads of times, and never. Never scored or anything like that. And Hunter used to tell the story that about three weeks before we played at Tottenham, and at Tottenham behind the goal was a big clock about forty yards up, and then reckons he nearly he nearly smashed the clock, you know, with the free kick. <laughs> but on the day that we done it, it was um, actually what perfect. And it was a great great striker of the ball, great volley, and uh, I actually flicked it up too high, but because Everton didn't know what was happening, they never they never moved. And he just followed his button right in the top corner, you know, and that was and that was it. And it yeah. got banned. It got banned afterwards, yeah, for about I think about a month afterwards or something like that. Purely because he said that I was I was touching the ball twice because I got it between my legs, and then it wasn't carrying its own circumference because I flicked it up so it, it wasn't rolling. So it was just a load of nonsense. <laughs> you know. It was Scottish FA that got it banned as well, so, you know, which was typical. I find it fascinating though in that like you there can't be many players that changed the game in that way that created something that mm. caused that much of a stir. Yeah, no, and and, and it, it, it created a lot more a uh, lot more free kicks as well. And, uh, like Matt Letizia used to do it's one at, at Southampton, and <laughs> yeah. when a lad just rolled up to him, they flicked it up, and then it was Asa Hartford and Dennis Stewart done another one. Dave Jones, Carl Henry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, so. So it actually brought a, a load of new free kicks coming in. You're a trailblazer. Well, there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little bit on our podcast um, extra stuff that of course you can download from all the usual places of um, fans kind of likening you to Jean Martinio. Uh-huh. The little fella in the middle of the park. Five foot yeah, seven so in football heaven. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you yeah. like that comparison? Better looking than me, yes, I must admit. Uh, he's got some hair as well, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> No, like, no, no, yeah, I think I'm, I like him, like him. I like, I like the the lad Nevis as well. I think, uh, well, and the big bully, bully, bully. You could go through them all. Oh, I tell you, <laughs> no. But but him, what I like about him is that he's that calm as well, and he's good on the ball for it. And he's a big fella, isn't he? I remember watching the morning game where he gave the ball away, and, you, and, he, and he was and really annoyed with himself. And the bloke that he gave the ball to, you, I thought. Mate, if I was you, I'd get rid of it. Could I could just see him, and he'd run after this bloke, and <laughs> I thought, get rid, mate. If I was you, you know, just tell him you, you could see the steam coming out of Willie's ears, you know. But, uh, but very calm and stuff like that. And, and the lad at the back corner, corner Cody, they made a made a position there for him because he was he was midfield player. And he was he was okay, but at the back he's got time to pick his pass. He's a good passer of the ball as well, but yeah. it gives him more time to. To pick his parties. Okay, so, sorry, Lewis. I just want to get to this one thing because I, I this I love stuff like this. So, in your era, so if we say seventy nine eighty was the best team yeah. of your era, yeah, yeah, the seventy nine eighty team, yeah, against the modern day team, yeah, who wins? I was <laughs> not even. I'm going to say that. Consideration. That would have been tight. It would have been a tight game. That would have. I reckon. What would the score be? Because we had one each. 
That's what you call sitting on the fence, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. I've asked that about Looms' team mm. against other teams, and he's always gone straight away for his team to win. Mm. What are goals? Yeah. Definitely a lot of goals scored. So your team against Willie's team? <sighs> what should we have seen? I don't, I've got this complete respect there. Yeah, I'm, I can't, I can't, I'm just sitting on the fence. I can't say anything. Come on. No, you can't tell, can you? It's, it's just the era that you're in and stuff like that, you know? So It's just funny it's how you, you've just said there about Willie Bolly, Matinho, you know, Conor Cody, about the composure, how calm they are, and that's probably one of your strongest traits as a player. You could get on the ball no matter how much mm. pressure or not and just... Do what you wanted to do anyway, because you could see a pass, execute it, but you could just slow the game down and dictate it. It's just funny how you complimented them for one of your main strengths, isn't it? Uh, yeah. No, I love, I, love, I, love, I love watching them as well, you know, because they, they actually try and play football. And the lad, um, the lad, is it Traore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's, God, he's like, he's like lightning, he is, I tell you. And why he takes, takes people on, I don't know. If I was him, I'd just kick the ball forward and just run past them because nobody will catch them. Well, you yeah. had Steve Kindon in your... Yeah, day. I know. I, yeah, it's very same, very similar. You know, sometimes when I've got to think about it, they just don't. <coughs> was, Steve, was Steve that... Was, was he as electric as that? Kindon oh, was, he was powerful, he was, mate. Just, yeah, yeah he used to just run through people, he? Didn't played he? rugby league until he was about 16, but he was a big lad, he was. And he was... He was uh, they used to have a competition sprinting with the footballers and I think he won it as well yeah he won it know, quite a few times he was but he just like yeah <laughs> so like should that, we you know. should we never compare eras then um, well you can people always will do anyway won't they you know so but um, but no because like we're teams like our team as well like probably fitness wise they would have probably been better than us but if we were playing at the same time a lot of people say to me do you think Footballers today would be, or, or people in your era would be the, as good today. I say, well, yeah, because we'd be doing the same training and stuff like that, you know. We'd probably be fitter than what we were then and stuff like that, you know. Because these lads are all, they've got, they've got to eat certain things and stuff like that, you know, whereas we never... They're not drinking two we, pints the night no, before a game no, either. Yeah, but look at the no, pitches no, that no. used to play oh, know, back I, in the day as well, the boots, the, how... Oh. The, this is what... Because I, I used to think, oh, yeah, the, the games got so much faster and it was it was Kenny Hibbert that put yeah. me in my place. It says, oh, wait a minute, it's the ball. The ball yeah. kind of... That's the one that kind of dictates the pace of the game, but the pitches, but the Dar- balls... The, Darby was unbelievable. You used, the keeper used to get the ball at Darby, right? Kick the ball out The old baseball hand. ground. yeah. And you just wait for it to bounce and it never bounce. You just go <laughs> like that. And that was it, you know. <laughs> but that's what a lot of them were like. And at the, at the end of the season, the pitches, all you could see, the only place the grass was was in the four corners because it was all full of sand and everything, you know, to dry the, to dry the grounds out, you know. So how will you feel, just to finish off, if Wolves, this Wolves, actually win a trophy and eclipse your era? Well, yeah, I'd want them to. I wouldn't want them to get to a final and not win it, you know. But no, that'd be good, good luck to them. Great. Yeah. And I think they're quite capable as well. The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that was the show. On with the podcast. Just before we let you go, Willie, Looms' rundown. All right, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So it's rundown, so just sharpish, right? Best player that you played with at Wolves? Hibby. Oh. Worst trainer at the club? Worst trainer at the club, let me think there. Big Frank. Frank Munro? Yeah. Why was he bad? He was just lazy. <laughs> didn't, didn't like training. Didn't like training. Or didn't like running, I should say. <laughs> yeah. that, that's better. Didn't like running. Frank yeah. used to do a little when you were doing, the circle would get smaller and smaller. Uh, but they used, we used to do, we used to do um, cross countries and stuff like that, and he'd be hiding in the woods somewhere, <laughs> you know, stuff like him and Waggy, unbelievable. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so that was the, the biggest motor. Probably Frank. Emily used to moan a bit as well. So uh, Hibby was Hibby was a moaner as well. Hibby was, you know, yeah. So. So there's quite a few. Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your best friend at Wolves? Hubby. Uh, the best and worst dress sense? Oh, God. 
trying to think now. I'd say Kingdo was one of them. He'll be, he beat me up for that now. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see him. Yeah, probably Kingdo. Steve Kendon. As the worst. Yeah. The best. He was always... Best. Richie, Richie was always quite smart. John Richards. John Richards uh, the yeah. king. Mr. Smooth. Still is. Yeah. <laughs> he does dress well, though, doesn't he? He does very well, yeah. He does dress Mr. well. Smooth, Who would you yeah. say is the funniest player that you played with? Stevie Daly. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. He was always, like, even when we played, he was... As quick as late, anyways. Because yeah. he and Steve Kinden obviously went into a yeah. lot of after dinner stuff. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you ever do any of that? For me? No, God, you're joking, no. Didn't fancy no. it? No, no. Check myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best manager you worked for at Rolls? Uh, probably Barney, I'd say Barney. John Barnwell. Barney was a good manager. Like, good yeah. man management, he was. Uh, what was the best uh, goal. best goal you scored? Best goal you scored for Wolves. Um, we played it played at West Ham, and I played a one two, uh, and a on the centre line centre line with, with Stevie Daly went through. Bobby Ferguson was in goal. Come out, I just chipped him, left foot. Yeah. Yes, I thought that was the best one. <laughs> Very happy yeah. with that as well. Yes. Uh, what would you say is the best game that you were involved in? League Cup final. Yeah. Magic. And then finally, uh, what is your proudest moment uh, for Wolves? Winning the League Cup in 1980. Oh. Yeah, we waited a long time. And uh, yeah, it was great. Really good. And that, that actually, 1980 was the best season I ever had because I was. I won the Player of the Year, won the League Cup. I did three boys, and my missus had a daughter. So, and and I couldn't have done any better. So that was great. Fantastic, brilliant. Thank you. It's a lovely, lovely little way, I guess. That I say, when you win something like that, oh yeah, no one can ever take that away no, from no, you. No, nothing better than winning. No, no, great. Do you ever, do you ever look back on other things and think how close you came? Or do you just have to put it out of your mind? Well, you just got to put it out of your mind because what will be will be, when it? You know, it's you, you can say, oh, I wish you would have done this and wouldn't done that, but you should have done that at the time, shouldn't you? You know, so it's just, uh, you know, no, no regrets. Willie Carr, Old Gold Club, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Our official broadcast partner, Blythe Group, are currently recruiting for multi-skilled and single trades for both the insurance repair and construction sectors, working across their three offices, Wolverhampton, Maidenhead and Manchester. To find out more, visit theblythegroup.co.uk slash careers. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.